Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Glimpses. I'm Josiah Corson, and I'm glad to be talking with my grandmother today, Sarah Corson. My grandmother has so many incredible stories and life experiences, and we're excited to share another one here today with her. This one is the story of when she went to a leper colony in Costa Rica. There, she proceeded to minister and to share God's love with the folks who so desperately needed it. And it is a great reminder for us of the simple acts of kindness and how important those are to those around us and how often that is needed. As well as a reminder for us that it is the touch of the Master's hand that forms us and gives us, gives us value, gives us worth, that by ourselves we have all fallen short. But it is through him that he can make something as simple as, as me, as you, into something beautiful. So we hope you enjoy this story, that you're blessed through it. Well, All right, let's dive into it. So, you good? Yes, Josiah. Uh, you know how leprosy was in the Old Testament. It was a disease that everybody was so afraid of, they wouldn't come near you. Yeah. If they were going down the road, it was the law that if a person had leprosy, they had to scream out so you would hear them before you got close to them. Leper, leper, I'm a leper. A person would just drop their uh, bags they were carrying, anything, and run for their life. Actually... I think it was more, uh, it, it struck fear into people's heart more than COVID has during the pandemic. Yeah. And so the reason was because it was so contagious. Yeah. Nowadays, they have developed medicine so that if um, lepers are taking this medicine, then they will not be contagious. You can go in, talk to them, and all. You could even shake hands with them. Well, I'm no medical professional by any stretch of the imagination, but it was my understanding that a lot of this spreads through, like, blood-to-blood contact. And Uh so that that is how a lot of this spreads. So the misconception a lot of folks have is, well, if I go and touch a leper, then I'm going to get leprosy, and that's not always the case. It's the... That blood-to-blood contact. Uh-huh. But still, one small still cut. fear it. Yeah, it definitely. It is contagious in that way, yeah. for sure. But nowadays, this medicine helps yeah. a lot, you know. Still, the ancient stigma remains. Sure. But I mean, tell us a little bit, for those who don't know, I think most of us are familiar with leprosy, but describe a little bit what this would look like. Well, uh, the first thing that happens, you lose... Uh, your sense of feel in your fingertips and in the extremities of your body, your toes, even the tip of your nose or your ears. And uh, so pain is a very good thing, you know. Uh, Pain uh, lets us know, hey, something's wrong. So if we have our hand on a hot stove, we don't know it's hot, but if we feel pain, boy, we'll jerk it off quick and not get burned badly. But if you have leprosy, you lose the the feeling in the nerve endings. 
and you can have your hand there, and you'll just let your hand get badly burned and still not feel it. And pain is a great gift uh, to us, but that is uh, people who have leprosy lose that feeling. Consequently, they may, you know, drop something on their toes and not even know it until uh, it's gotten infected and they've lost a toe and or a finger. And so <clears throat> one lady that we met in the leprosy hospital told us. Where was this uh, hospital at? Where were you Oh, at? this was in Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh, there was, I think... It's closed now, and there used to be one in New Orleans, but it's closed at this point because they're not needed now as people don't have to be isolated in a hospital. They can be treated wherever they are in their homes, but I think uh, they've about wiped a lot of it out, but there is still uh, leprosy in the world today. But this, we went to this hospital uh, regularly when we lived in Puerto Rico to visit with them because they had very few visitors. People just didn't want to be around them. And uh, we also held services for them. They were very religious and always asked us to uh, speak to them and teach them the Bible and sing with them. And they'd sing along with us. And so one day we finished the service, and I was in the women's ward. And, you know, when you go in right at the door, and if they're in the middle of the room and they look up and see you and they want you to come in, instead of walking to us saying, oh, come in, they rush back against the back wall and then with their hands motion, come in, come in because they know most people don't want to get close to them. And if they rush to the door to meet you, they think you'll back off because that's the way it's happened to them so much. But anyway, they were the beds along the walls were filled with women who had in varying degrees of leprosy. Some of them had just all their fingers gone and pieces of their hands and big... Uh, big pieces out of their ears mm. or distorted nose. One man had both feet gone all the way up above his ankles and both his hands to his wrist had been uh, hurt and knocked off. Or <clears throat> Anyway, um, I was walking around talking to them, and I never had touched one, even though I knew that I could with the medicine they were taking, and as you say, if they weren't bleeding or something. But uh, it just wasn't inviting to shake hands with half hands and all yeah. that. Yeah. And I just didn't think about it. It just, I hadn't touched them. And I was standing by the bedside of one lady that was still lying there in her bed and she said Doña Sara, that's my name in Spanish, she said Doña Sara, I wouldn't complain about having leprosy uh, if it were not for my mother my mother 
is 90 years old, and she's blind, and she lives all alone. There's no other members in our family alive. And she cooks on over three stones over an open fire, and she can't see. A neighbor comes in uh, once a week or ever so often and brings her some groceries, and she cooks her rice and beans over that fire. And I just every day think, what about if she catches her dress on fire? What about uh, if she falls and falls in the fire? And she said, you know, I can't complain because look what God's given me. He said, I have this nice um, bed here. Uh, she she said, it's a it was a nice hospital bed, and she said, and I just have not um, had a bed until I came here. I always slept in a hammock. Said we were poor people, and we lived in a little house without a floor in it, and and. Uh, she said, slept in helmets, but here I've got this nice bed to sleep in. said, look on my wall at that beautiful picture. It's so pretty with flowers and trees. We didn't have any pictures in our house. And said, I even have these plastic flowers here by my bedside that remind me of what the flowers used to look like. said, actually, you know, she couldn't have real ones because... There were so few, <clears throat> so few, few attendants in the hospital. Nurses didn't have time to keep plants watered, but they had given them plastic bouquets there to look at. She said, I've got just a beautiful little corner of the world, don't you think? And I thank God for it. But I could just live and die here knowing it's okay. I'm in God's hands. It, no matter if I have leprosy, except for my mother, and I just want to be with her. I just wish I could go home and stay with my mother until she dies, and then I would never complain again. You know, at that time, I was across the sea from my mother, uh, the Caribbean Sea, and I just uh, suddenly felt that. I thought, if my mother were blind and sickly and old and living all by herself and I could not get to her, I just think I'd die. I just couldn't stand it. And I just felt so sorry for her. I forgot that she had leprosy. I just felt her pain. And I just opened my arms and threw them around her and hugged her and just pulled her close to me. And suddenly, she just froze in my arms. She said, you touched me. Just in a whisper, you touched me. And then out big and loud, she yelled to the other women about, <clears throat> maybe there were 20 women in the room, might have been 30, I don't know. But it was a big dorm room. <clears throat> she opened her mouth and just said, she touched me. She's not afraid of us. And when she did, every woman in that room, if they could hobble, they got out of bed and started on, on 
broken feet, hobbling on broken feet, holding out broken hands, pieces of hands. And suddenly I just saw a sea of people with hands destroyed by leprosy reaching out, wanting to be hugged. And I just was afraid for one moment. Then I thought, Jesus, love these people through me. And I just threw my arms open and started hugging them as they came up to me. And they started singing and they started dancing as they came waiting in line to be hugged. And they went around after I'd hugged them. They'd go on around behind me. And they kept coming and kept coming. And then I realized that they'd go back and get in the line again and come back through for a second and a third and a fourth hug <clears throat> because these were people who had been denied the touch of another human hand except for a doctor's hand on them or a nurse because people just didn't want to touch them. Well, you know, saw what touch means. If you've ever experienced a great loss, if somebody close to you dies and you have a friend who comes and you know they're feeling with you, but sometimes there are no words to say. They don't know what to say, but they don't have to say words if they just put their hand on your shoulder and just touch you. It just says, I'm with you. I'm suffering with you, you know? And and I just think when we shake hands with people, that's uniting us with them in a way. It's showing that you're my brother, you're my sister um, in spirit, you know? And, and I, I just think it would be really hard to go through life without the touch of another human being. I know during COVID, one widow who lived all alone, uh, when I did see her, when they finally let people start coming back and our church reopened, she said, Sarah, do you know I have not felt the touch of another human being in over a year now? And you know, I, I hadn't thought about that because I wasn't out shaking hands with people. We had to stay six feet apart. But I had children and a husband and a family that within our group, we touched each other. We hugged each other. And so I felt so much for these people. And I saw their joy. They just began to raise their hands and praise God and dance as they walked around. Say, And suddenly I realized if the touch of another human being could mean so much to someone who has been denied it for years, what does it mean, the touch of Jesus? You know, that's even more wonderful to have Jesus touch our lives and change us, transform us where old things are passed away and new things are there.
There's a poem. I, I, I just always think of this poem when I tell that story. It's the touch of the master's hand. <clears throat> and it's a story where a couple died and left their belongings with no children to inherit them. And so they were having an auction, auctioning off all of these things that they had left when they died. And the auctioneer was holding the things up. Let me say it the way the poem does. "'Twas battered and scarred, and the auctioneer scarcely thought it worth his while to spend his time on the old violin. But he held it up with a smile. "'What am I bidding, good people?' he cried. "'Who'll start the bidding for me?' "'A dollar, two dollars, two, only two. Two dollars, and who'll make it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice. Going for three? But no. From the room far back, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow. And brushing the dust from the old violin and tightening up the strings, he played a melody pure and sweet, as sweet as an angel sings. The music ceased, and the auctioneer said in a voice that was quiet and low, What am I bid for this old violin? And he held it up with the bow. A thousand dollars. And who will make it two? Two thousand. And who will make it three? Three thousand once. Three thousand twice. Going and gone, said he. The people cheered. But some of them said, We don't quite understand. What changed its worth? Quick came the reply. The touch of a master's hand. And many a man, with life out of tune, all battered and scarred by sin, is auctioned cheap to the thoughtless crowd, much like that old violin. Uh, a mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He's going once, he's going twice, he's going and almost gone. But the master comes, and the thoughtless crowd never can quite understand the worth of one soul and the change that comes by the touch of the master's hand. Isn't that true, Josiah? What Jesus' touch on our lives mean, means. It's beautiful. I love that poem. It's a good one. That one, that one always stayed with me. I know growing up, I always say, why am I uh, recording these stories? And it's, it's moments like this that is... <laughs> why we do it's a wonderful story and a wonderful message thank you for sharing it with us
Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening again this week. What a beautiful reminder for us. Again, another story where something as simple as a hug radically changed a group of people. Showing that love, having that compassion for those around. Not treating them as different, but as someone to be loved. It's a great reminder. On top of that, remembering that it's not through us that we are made beautiful, that we are something special, but it is the touch of the Master's hand that through God we are made into something new. As strengthening for me this week, and as a message I needed to hear, and I hope for you as well. Before we go, there's one thing I'd like to say, and that is we have Giving Tuesday coming up. So if you're enjoying glimpses, or interested in a lot of what CFAT is doing and you want to help support us, this is the best opportunity of the year that you'll get. We have many folks who are giving matching funds, so every bit you give will be doubled. So, we really would love your support there. Great opportunity. If not, we'd love for you just to check it, check us out a little bit more, find more information on us. You can go to our website, cfat.org, and you can read up on all that we're doing. We hope you have a great and blessed day. See you next time.